Let me know if you're going to do something so I don't eat while you're doing it. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, frick, where was it? There it is. Okay. There, wipe your face. <laughs> if this was on YouTube, I would totally leave that part in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be fine with that, to be honest. I, I have no standards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Ooh, episode coming out just a little bit later than usual, but this is a great conversation that David and Mel and I had. Uh, as you know, he and I used to work over at Android Authority, where he is now, and it was a chance for us to catch up uh, and just talk about some reactions we have to a number of different camera announcements that happened recently. It's not just that the Canon R5 and R6 got announced, but also David got done with his Xperia 1 Mark II review, and I wanted to talk about the cameras on there. Uh, we also have some speculation regarding the Galaxy Note 20 event, the upcoming Unpacked event, which we now know is happening on August 5th. And finally, we talk a little bit about the OnePlus Nord and the fact that OnePlus is still really great at their guerrilla marketing. Uh, we react a little bit to the New Beginnings documentary that they have a couple of parts out already. But the conversation goes in a bunch of different places. These are always really fun conversations that I have with David and Mel. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And let's go ahead and just jump right into this lovely chat that I have with David and Mel of Android Authority. Why is it that the minutes before every show, well, it's it's like every show usually, like you you and I, we've podcasted together for so many years now. Um, something always happens. My, my my trusty audio interface that I bought just, just <laughs> for getting my audio better in all of my content just somehow just crapped the bed. And I'm so disappointed right now. That Technology just doesn't work when you want it to, but it'll work at every other time. It's like when I'm... Um recording a review or something and while I'm using the stuff nothing ever works and then I try to get it on camera and it works every time yeah and I'm just like I hate this <laughs> it's so funny how that works like and and the, the one saving grace is that this this audio interface that I'm currently like lamenting and disappointed over um mm. it's only a, it's only 129 dollars which mm. it's to anybody out there that might be thinking it's still $129, like, yes, you're right. But in the world of audio equipment, that's actually kind of cheap. <laughs> so, Yeah, compared to everything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, okay, it, I, I just wanted to rant for the first, like, 30 seconds, but we have David <laughs> back on the show. <laughs> and uh, David has, he, he keeps things simple. You got your uh, one more triple drivers in. You're just using the <laughs> webcam on the Surface Book 3. Like, I got to give yeah. you props for just keeping things simple. Meanwhile, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm overcomplicating my whole life. Yeah, you know me. I'm a minimalist. <laughs> but I, it is, it is, uh, handy that the surface book webcams are always so high quality yeah meanwhile the asus webcam on the asus laptop that i have which i love for video editing doesn't even work it just stopped working after like a week of, of owning it so well you and i've been talking about that laptop for a while now and i'm still so yeah. um i'm still so jealous that you have had it for as long as you had like you've yeah. used it extensively and oh yeah since like november yeah and um Without getting into details about what the meeting was about, we were in a meeting yesterday, and he literally had the meeting playing on the second display while oh, editing yeah. his video. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I want to do. I want to put YouTube down there. 
And you and I had the telegram messages from you coming in the side. It was yes. like this now this is multitasking. <laughs> does that does that screen by the way, I think we're um, what's the name of the is it Zenbook Asus Zenbook Pro Duo. Pro Duo. I almost just said Zenbook Duo. Um so Zenbook Pro Duo, does that I'm trying to remember, isn't there a version of that laptop now where that second screen can tilt up? Or does that one tilt up? Yeah, they made a they made a gaming laptop version. This one's like a creating a creator laptop, mm-hmm. which doesn't really mean a lot. They have very similar specs, except the new one is slightly thinner and has a better graphics card. Um, but yeah, the screen will like pop out and like tilt up towards you, and that's like nice. Because then it feels more like an HUD where this is like, you know, it's flat. But what I do like about this laptop is like when you lift the lid, it pushes the keyboard up a little bit. So you have a little, you know, vertical. Oh, okay. You know, and then of course, I got to carry the. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> it's impossible to use this laptop without this. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so funny that you need that because um, but I love it. I was messing around like the other thing that David has gotten me into uh, in the past is mechanical keyboards, and <laughs> I ha- I've played around with so many of them, and for a good like oh yeah right there, there's that it's looks- impossible to use this without the wrist rest. Basically, it's insanely uncomfortable. So this is really not a laptop. It's really more of like a it's a, a desktop re- in portable form. Yeah, it's a DR as oh, I say. That's the second display. And hopefully, I have nothing weird. Oh, there's, there you go. Nice. Just the, like the surface. Okay. But you can put like anything on here. And I, I put Telegram on here all the time. Sometimes I have Spotify, but it's useful for like so many situations. I could be playing Dota and have Telegram on the bottom so that I can actually still talk to you guys while I'm <laughs> playing Dota. I'd be editing video and I have like folders on the bottom so I can just drag and drop things. It's like, it's ridiculously useful. I do remember uh, near the end of 2019 when we were hanging out at one of the events, you had, you literally had the wrist rest just sticking out of your backpack. <laughs> In my backpack, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I found so funny because like it, for the, maybe the first few months of 2020, I was using a wrist rest because my mechanical keyboards were, were rather tall. And I, mm-hmm. I do enjoy, like I, I did enjoy that experience, but I have a, I have a low profile uh, mechanical keyboard now. Thank God they, they're making good ones now. But uh, what I found so funny is the ergonomics of a laptop like that. It really is a desktop replacement. It's not meant yeah. for you. Like it is meant for you to use in the laptop formation because obviously there's a yeah. second display. But actually your roommate and I are going to be reviewing a big laptop soon. And the ergonomics on that thing, I'm already hating because oh no oh no <laughs> it's a 17 17- i made a laptop that you don't like oh uh, well what? okay so here's the thing i do like it already but i this is where i'm coming in with this mindset it's literally a creator's desktop replacement to call it a laptop mm. is hard because yeah as dope as the screen might be when you're typing on it your right the meat of your right palm presses down on the touchpad Oh, like you're literally oh, so you on basically top of it. have to have a, a mouse and disable the touchpad. Exactly, or do or mm. proper typing uh, etiquette with the hover hands and whatnot, which right, right, which right. no one does, by the way. No, no, <laughs> that's why wrist rests are great, dude. Yeah, you know the amount of wrist rests I used to own when I was in college and was really into mechanical keyboard shit. Yep, a lot, a lot of wrist rests. Yeah. All right, so you are yeah. sitting in your for the for the video side. Uh, I think this particular mm. one we're only going to be posting on IGTV. So for those of you on IGTV right now, you can see that David is sitting inside of his uh, basically dark room, and mm-hmm. 
So we got uh, we we did actually have this show is basically just reacting to a lot of little bits of news that came out this week. There's one release mm. that we'll talk about at the end of the show, but um, so far we just have announcements of products that everyone is just super hyped over. And I think the last day or like day and a half have been all mm. about Canon. And <laughs> since I was having you on this week, I was like, we gotta talk cameras. Like, there's no way yeah. that we're not. Um, man, okay. I'm clutching my Olympus camera, like RIP Olympus. Not to say that they're dead. It's just like the news yeah, well. is not great for them right now. Um, so I'm, I'm clutching my Micro Four Thirds cameras. You are a Fuji guy, as everyone knows, who follows you on social media. Um, yeah. And yet Canon is trying to pull us away with <laughs> with a full frame 8K monster. <laughs> but But why do I need full frame when I have medium format. oh my god <laughs> how how hard is it to press that shutter button 60 60 times per second <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's only 10 slides on a roll of film on here so i don't know <laughs> that was the joke but, i was making was like i was talking to our other friend david kogan uh the unlocker and i was like you know what uh, he ordered one yeah he did order one and i was like you know what team polaroid i'm gonna make 60 polaroids a second <laughs> that's how i'm gonna make okay but does the does the eos r5 sound like this Ugh, that sounds like a that sounds like a machine gun almost yeah oh yes well you know that literally sounds like you're loading something also ooh, ooh, there you go nice <laughs> anyway That's whatever right. uh yeah back to the actual camera talk not me geeking over a, about over this but yeah you know uh this camera has been like hyped for literal months yeah. i think canon's done a pretty good job of like staggering information about it for like six months or so maybe even longer and well how about how about giving influencers uh early prototypes and telling them you can't talk about it <laughs> yeah they had it for I like mean, six months or something right. like that right <laughs> yeah yeah they had it for a long time i know peter mckinnon said he had it for like six months which i think is like when they first announced they were making it that's <laughs> so. gnarly I think they're I saw some people talking yesterday saying like they were speculating that Canon was hiding this as long as they physically could because they don't think that Sony has the technology ready mm -hmm. like they have Sony said that they've had a 7s3 ready for a while and they've been just waiting to release it and they will it will release this summer mm -hmm. they like confirmed it um but a lot of people are speculating that they just they don't have the tech to compete and that Canon is just like what's crazy is Canon's always been the company that didn't want to cannibalize its its actual cinema cameras and so because of that it would always like chop one of the legs off of its cameras right mm -hmm. like the USR had a huge like 1.7x crop yeah. in 4K that's what kept me from jumping like, yeah yeah, like mo most of these cameras don't do full frame crop. You'd have to do like an ultra wide, ultra wide lens to be able to vlog with the USR in 4K. Yeah, because 1.7x is freaking huge. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I think I brought this up to you yesterday. It's or maybe it was Jackson or or Patrick. I don't know. When you, when you a lot of camera but, uh, talk on Twitter these last. Yeah, couple of there's a lot of camera talk on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny how the hype cycle has gone. Um, when the GH5 first got introduced, like everyone was obsessed. Mm -hmm. um, 
and just everyone bought it. Even I bought it, and I had never touched a camera before. And then I sold it within like a week. Yeah. Well, um, you found your system is the thing, and like I did. Yeah. yeah everybody yeah. is talking about like you know uh, one of our homies, uh, Terry Warfield. He did a live stream because he's a Sony guy, and mm. he was saying. You know, in his case, he has the full frame already, and he knows how to work his Sony's. So it's like um, what he was telling everybody in that live stream was the best camera is the one that you know how to work. And yeah. jumping to a new system is not going to make you a better filmmaker, obviously, or a better yeah. photographer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is why I mentioned earlier that I, I, I was actually – I talked to David all the time about – potential purchases in my life <laughs> like, and there are way too many of them um mm. but i had the eosr in my sights for a little while but things mm. like its subpar ibis and its um uh, crop factor now I, f- I find that funny to say because i'm mr crop factor i've been on micro four thirds my whole career <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> so 1.7 is actually less of a crop than your is. than your 2x crop that you've been working with. I was like, oh, I could use yeah. more. I can use more millimeters. <laughs> yeah. You know, Eber uh, has been on the EOSR for like eight months now. Mm. He, but he came from the C100. Yeah, C100 was like most of our most of the people in our in our segment on YouTube have come from C C100s. I think yeah. even MKBHD was using it for a while too. I remember seeing that's it. crazy because they're so big. Yeah. <laughs> they're so big. Wasn't there a Sony like one you too? And the, me. Didn't the Sony like the FS5? Isn't that the name of that one? That the FS5. Were people using that? Because that's like I'm pretty sure I saw MKB using it one time. Yeah. And he had probably. he had like there's like the handle everything. on the top, and he's going like this. <laughs> oh, he's he's used his red. Oh, now yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. There was a um, who was it? Uh, someone from SoCal. Oh, Mark Linsongen took this photo of Marquez at the Galaxy Z Flip briefing. Uh-huh. Um, everyone's there just taking photos, and Marquez was literally doing like a <laughs> <laughs> with his red like over here, and he posted on Twitter just freaking blew up. Gosh, <laughs> like no wonder you're so you're so fit, Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling yeah. that thing around. Forget the forget the ultimate frisbee. That's the reason why. Yeah, exactly. Forget <laughs> forget everything that you do with your life. Like, keep yourself fit. You know That's what? all that matters. You know what? If the platforms that we post our videos on actually matched the equipment that we use, his videos would be like in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because they use red on actual movies mm-hmm. like all the time. Yeah. So. And to be fair, yeah. um, television, like network television, is often filmed on uh, Black Magics, so Micro Four Thirds, mm-hmm. once again. Uh, but in any case, yeah, just some some Canon hype. Like I was I was looking at the, uh, so it's the R five. That's the R five and R yeah. The R five is the better one. Yes. R six is. I keep the thinking one, it's which, the other way around. Um, I don't. <laughs> where does where, what's the R? Is there an R four? Like, what, what does that mean? I don't know. They just jumped. Random. They just jumped like crazy. Um, yeah. And it'd be great if they made like a really lo- like a budget R two. Like, I'd, I'd be I'd be down for that. <laughs> I mean, they did the e- RP. Yes, but from the R. But I guess it was so it was so not close mm-hmm. that most people didn't like it. And you know, it's funny because. It's always like the day after the launch that people start being like, well, maybe you don't need like the best one. So I started seeing today people posting like, you know what? I think getting the R6 and then adding an Atomos Ninja 5 is actually a better setup because the only thing you don't get on the R6 is the 8K, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, 4K 120. Oh, in the 4K 120. Yeah. yeah, so like, but if you get the R6 and you have a Ninja 5, you get you get raw 10-bit H22 yep. or 
422 H.265. So honestly, like I'm not gonna switch systems and I actually bought an X-T4 when, the, when Fuji released that a few months ago and then I returned it within a day. Which I um, found so interesting because it, it, it did still address a couple of the issues I remember you had, which is flip out screen yeah. and Ibis. Yeah, but I kind of, there were a few things like that they did that I think were, were bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, on the X-T3, they have, you can remove the doors that cover the like mic port and the USB-C port and all this stuff. They took that off and they replaced it with these rubber gaskets that you can't take off. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have a barn doors on the SD card slot. So oh. why would you want to be able to take that off? Like They're like, oh, so you can record infinitely and just keep hot swapping SD cards. Like, who does that? <laughs> like, just get a 200. They make, they make terabyte SD cards now. Like, it's true. Come on. Um, some other stuff. And I also just like, one, the pandemic happened and I was like, well... The biggest thing, the biggest reason I wanted Ibis was that I wanted to be able to add briefings to handheld parallax. Exactly. Well, not even that. Parallax is actually really tough, actually, like to be able to do that. But just handheld shots in general, like we we live in a a bubble of uh, tech YouTube creation that we need to be able to put out videos as quickly as possible. And that's the reason why I love my Micro Four Thirds systems is because their stabilization is amazing. And with the Olympus in particular, I mean, you can tell already, let me just put my hand right here and then take it off. The autofocus is very accurate. And it's, yeah, it's very smooth. It's very too. smooth. So um, to finally get a body that allowed me to just get those conveniences in my life that the GH5 for some reason didn't have. <laughs> it's stabilization is amazing, don't get me wrong. But that autofocus is like famously bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, just just wanted to get into that a little bit. However, um, it, you you really don't need to move systems because you've been putting out such great content already. <laughs> like, there's no, I feel there's no reason. And a great example segue is your video on the Xperia One Two that just came out. Mm. I got through the first few minutes of it so far uh, right when I woke up, and I already enjoyed like your sort of your expose as <laughs> as to like the twenty one by nine aspect ratio, and then all of a sudden you <laughs> appeared on the phone and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, cool. I I did that in randomly. That was actually this was a really short video to cut, and I don't really know why, but like I know that the the Zenbo Pro Duo I used to cut all of my videos on a Surface Book Two, which was awful because i had to make proxies mm-hmm. for everything and then even with proxies it was just it was so slow to do everything and i i went from it literally took me like 12 hours to cut a video now it takes me like two hours yeah like once you have all your footage it should be like three or less yeah and um, the photo section always takes the longest yes you have to like animate in and out the pictures. oh my god i hate that well i did find my flow finally but yes uh, that is the hardest part um, but as far as the Xperia 1 2 is, um, 1 Mark 2, and you even mentioned mm. that, like, what's the right name? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so there's so many people on our comment sections and on our social media asking us to review this phone. They're so hyped mm. for it. And mm. I guess the, the two main questions that I have, especially since you have actually played with it and have reviewed it by now, is um, why do you think that hype is so high when, in my opinion... The majority of the people who keep demanding we review this are not going to be the people who buy the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that is the case for a lot of 
phones or in, in a lot of products. Mm-hmm. But like that is like that's actually a really good question. I don't, I'm wondering if people like have some hope for Sony and they want them to be able to make a phone that everyone wants to buy, but they're also going to be the first ones to like bash it and say, you know, it doesn't have this one feature, it's dead in the water. <laughs> like it, you'd be it's hilarious how many comments I got on this video like where I'm just like, did you watch the video? Because they were oh, like, every video, terrible, terrible UI, terrible. What? And I was like, in the video, I said the UI is good. So I don't. Yeah, I don't they know. already it's, came it's, in with their opinions, and they're just it's it's the it's the reverse, not reverse, but it's basically just confirmation bias being. Yeah, yeah, and people have confirmation bias both ways. They have confirmation bias on devices they want to buy slash already did buy, and they want to confirm that they made the good purchase, and they also have confirmation bias on just having an opinion that something sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's strange. Um, but that, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I hadn't really considered. Well, cause I love, I love the way that you, that you put it because I think that hope about Sony is always there and partially it's because of their goodwill in every other category, but yeah, <laughs> literally they make, they're like the top tier in almost everything else they make. Yeah. Which is crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I love the way that you, that you structured it in terms of your, like just, just your byline was, a phone I'm actually happy to have in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's how we've not felt about Xperia's for mm. such a long time. Um, and I would love to do that. See, I had to make the choice. And this is this is the second question that I was going to pose to, to David. Is like, convince me not to buy it because I'm so close nah. to buying it. I, may, I had to make a choice. When the pre-order started, it was either that phone at $1,200, which has triple 12 megapixel cameras that potentially are just a joy to shoot with, or I could pay half of that and have a camera that I do enjoy shooting with. <laughs> like I would I would do that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, it was actually, it was interesting. So Fine. I held up the ZV-1, by the way, for the audio uh, podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Someone commented on this morning my... T- I, I tweeted out my review and someone commented on it and said, and said, but the real question is, would you actually buy it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, no, <laughs> that doesn't, but, but that's such like a specific to the person type question. Yes. Right? Like, I feel like you have to review things on their space in the market and then based on price and then like, how else everything else, how good everything else is, and then like all this stuff. But you also have to consider like your personal needs and wants. And I could use a OnePlus 6 for the rest of my life and not care. <laughs> so, and I don't know if that's going to make people think that my opinion's invalid or whatever, but... Um, no, uh, see, that that's yet another conversation that I think is very worthy of having because mm. it's, it's so funny that people just assume that we're always looking for the absolute latest and greatest phones. And if that were true, then yes, I would buy the Xperia 1 too. But mm-hmm. we are allowed to have our, honestly, if you ask me, the coolest, not coolest, if you are even slightly into content creation and you want to just have good photos and videos, I think one of the best combos right now is actually this Sony ZV-1 and an iPhone 11. Mm. Yeah, to do the pickup <laughs> shots and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I it's... Um, you know, I'm always, I'm out with Michael all the time when we're like walking around Brooklyn or whatever. And sometimes we like, will hold phones up for each other so that we can shoot them to during the sunset. It's or, so tiresome. No, I'm kidding. So romantic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but the amount of pickup shots that he does with his iPhone, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I'm an idiot. Like, why have I never considered the fact that it's okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, and 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 it's funny because some of my favorite creators, um, I bring this up a lot, but but Jack Conti, who is the guy who runs Patreon, oh yeah, and started Patreon, also has two bands, whatever, but that he that, made that, Patreon to that fund. Both David and I listen to. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has a he has two YouTube channels. He's got a main one and then one called Jack Conti Extras. Oh. And on his Extras channel, it's just kind of like super informal, but he's so good at storytelling and he uses so many different cameras to do it. Mm. He'll like use a GoPro and then he'll switch to a GH5, but he doesn't even have the stabilization on, so he's running and it's shaky as fuck, but it doesn't <laughs> even matter. And like, and then like he'll use a phone and like. But it, it's like almost like the video quality is intentionally whatever because that's not the point, yeah. you know? And I love I love that. And so that's something that I need to let myself be more okay with because like in our industry, there's like this obsession with video quality mm-hmm. and presentation. Yeah. And I don't know. It's I, I feel like it's more important to have a more compelling narrative. And I've almost fallen too far into this to the point where in every single video, especially review, I'll give like the beginning of the video will be like a five year background on the company before I actually like start the video. <laughs> That's I true. Realize, actually, <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing this until someone commented and they were like, "Dude, we just want to know about the phone. We don't need history." <laughs> so in like, order no. to talk about this phone, we got to go back to twenty fourteen. We, we need to understand this. Yeah, let's take it back to twenty twelve. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. So, I feel like the context is nice, though. So oh, yeah. No, whatever. for sure. The context is very nice yeah. because, like, I think it's a perspective that you and I, the people like you and I, uh, are get to have because we've been in right. this industry for a while. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the reason why the Xperia 1 too, I think, at least for us, is such a compelling device because we've watched Xperia rise and fall and then not really yeah. rise and <laughs> plateau. Yeah. I've only reviewed one other Sony phone before this, and it was the Xperia XZ2, and it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like... It was, they like completely changed the, all the old Xperia's used to be like super square and super rectangular and flat. And then all of a sudden they went to this new design language that was like curvy in a weird way with one camera when everyone else was doing two. And then they put all their effort into this dynamic vibration motor, which was like, no one wanted that. Cause like it only, it vibrates when you're listening to music and watching videos, but like who wants that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then they took out the headphone jack, too. And so it was just not... And they had bad software at the time. It was just... And the camera was so bad. It was <laughs> so bad. So anyway, uh, I didn't get to review the Xperia 1 last year. Um, just to... I think I was reviewing something else at the exact same time, so we had to pass it off to someone else. But uh, that one didn't even have a headphone jack. But I feel like the Xperia 1 series, since this is the Mark II and they're going to make the Xperia 1 III, uh, probably. Well, they also have the Pro, um, the Xperia 1 Pro. Yeah, the Pro, yeah. which Michael is actually really interested in. He's going to mm-hmm. do a video on. Yeah. That's the one that you can use as like a monitor on Sony cameras. Which is like perfect for people like us. Talk about the most niche feature of all time. <laughs> I know. Well, well th- this is the hilarious thing. And, and something with this Sony phone, that the Xperia 1 too, that was interesting to me is that Everyone since they've been making phones has been saying like, you have all these resources, bring in all the best people from all the divisions and just have them put your stuff. And I feel like they took it almost a little too far because 
they brought in a guy from the alpha camera department who like works on all this stuff. And I got to interview him and the pro apps on the Xperia one, two are like exactly like they're, they look exactly like the pro photo app looks like you're using an a nine mm. and the pro video app looks like you're using, um, an FS five or an FS seven. Wow. And cool. If, you're someone who knows these systems really well. That's kind of dope, but also wouldn't you just be using the camera that you already own because you know the system? Um, I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's the thing. These are smartphones, and I feel like they put a little too much effort into trying to make to try to make it feel like a camera, which actually has a worse user interface than a smartphone. So. I, I don't know. It was so uh, literally it was merging strange. the two together. So the moment you get into the camera app, the pro camera app, it's a whole new world of you, like all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, like the pro photo app and the video. Yeah. The pro photo app, they wanted to emulate the holy trinity of lens lenses, which is like a wide that zooms to a standard, a standard that zooms to a telephoto, and a telephoto that zooms to a super telephoto. So you've got, they put a 24 uh, or a 16, a 24 and a 70 millimeter in there. The 16 zooms up to 24 and then it switches to the 24 and you know, you get the picture. But in the pro photo app, there are dials and it's like you're turning an aperture ring, but then once you hit 24, you have to like switch to the different menu system and pick a different lens. <laughs> and like, I get, I get the sentiment of like wanting you to feel like you're switching, you're switching lenses on a camera, <laughs> but it's like, it's just extra work for no reason. Yeah. Like, just let me seamlessly zoom and, and switch lenses when I hit 24. Like, yeah. you don't need to... I get it, but also... Yeah, why? it's a it's it's it, it, it's a sense of inconvenience in a product that's supposed to be convenient. Yeah, that's the whole point of a smartphone, is yeah. that it does everything. Yeah, so how did, how did the... First of all, okay, so two questions regarding just the cameras. Um, hmm. I invite everybody, obviously, to watch David's uh, review um, and to especially judge for yourself in terms of the picture quality and the video quality. Uh, but first question hmm. is, like, is the, is the selfie camera really that bad? Because it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. And I, I like, I white. There were some circumstances where I had really good light and I could wipe it off and it looked OK. Mm -hmm. um, but in almost every situation, it was like just super weird and foggy. And I don't know if I had like a bad unit, but I looked at the specs and it's a one quarter inch sensor. It's really small. Yeah. Um, and it's also low. It's eight megapixel, which is like not low resolution, but uh, a sensor that small with a resolution of that is like. Eh. Yeah, it, it does you know? seem like like because like you were saying, bringing in the camera <clears throat> division to really focus on the camera experience on there what i guess sony what like, oh we need a front-facing camera too. exactly like what in. they're not realizing <laughs> yeah. is that one of the things that people do most with any camera is take a picture of themselves <laughs> right so well and here was the other thing was that um they didn't use so the oppo find x2 pro and the oneplus 8 pro use sony's newest sensor which is the imx 689 mm -hmm. and it's really big it's like almost as big as the Galaxy S20 Ultra sensor. It's uh, one over 1.33 inches. And it's 48 megapixels instead of 108 megapixels. And it's super good. It has crazy good white balance. Uh, the sharpness is really nice. It doesn't like oversaturate anything and it's got a wider dynamic range than, um, than Samsung. But they didn't use it in this phone. And 
I asked him why, and I'm really glad I got to talk to the engineer about this because he actually just gave me straight answers versus like PR people that either say, I'll have to get back to you or give you some answer that you know is a lie anyway. (laughs) Um, So he was basically like, yeah, we wanted to make the holy trinity of lenses. And there was a couple things we had to think about here. One, the smaller you make the sensor, the naturally longer the equivalent focal length. Yes. So without like bulging out the camera or making a prism mechanism like Huawei does or, or Samsung or Oppo now, uh, by ma- giving the telephoto camera the smaller sensor, it's like one over, th- one over 3.4 inches. It's really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to like make it the same height, Z height as the rest of the cameras. And then to do the Holy Trinity as well, um, they wanted them all to be 12 megapixel and more seamlessly transition between each other, which I can appreciate because uh, a lot of phones have issues with like color shifting when yeah. you switch lenses. Like the Oppo, or not Oppo, the Huawei P40 Pro Plus in particular, the telephoto lens is like a very different white balance than like the rest of the lenses. And this was actually a headline feature of the of the iPhone 11 Pro camera system was on stage, they were like, when you're switching lenses, seamlessly transitioning, the color profile is exactly the same. And Apple is like, they have the best color tuning for sure between the lenses. But I think that Sony did a really good job with that. Um, and I'm sure that that was a focus because, you know, there's this one dude who's hyper-focused on making it like a camera camera. Mm-hmm. Um, Which makes so, sense to anyway. me because, like, with Sony, they 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 literally make every one of those sensors. So, like, why not be able I know, to tune I, them? <laughs> I think it was I think it was a BBK exclusive deal to be mm. honest because like so, Sony sensor division is actually a different company now yeah. I'm pretty sure than like everything else and so they want to treat everything as a business decision right yeah. and if they can make more money making things exclusively for someone else and they don't even make that much money on their smartphones anyway so it's like yeah. I get it from a business standpoint it does kind of suck though because that sensor was amazing and again if you're making a smartphone convenience is the name of the game yep. and so i get that you're making this for pros but i don't think even pros want their smartphones to be inconvenienced yeah. you know what i mean like you, you just, just imagine make it, you just imagine you using that and you're like oh snap gotta change lenses <laughs> yeah, it's basically what it is dude it's like it's like almost switching like like switching the moment lens onto your, onto your. um it's like the opposite mentality that google has because like they see the Pixel camera as like just a box that gives you magical images at, when you press the shutter button. They don't. They want to reduce the amount of interactions you have with the camera as much as possible mm-hmm. and just make you be able to walk around and do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And they Sony has like the opposite. You know, <laughs> it's it's funny. And they force you to use uh, landscape mode on both apps, which I don't really like because even if you're using a like a seven three, if you're taking a portrait of someone, you turn the camera. And the the UI will shift with it. Oh, really? This it does? One, on on um, I mean, on my Fuji, it it does. <laughs> I would hope I, that it would turn on a on a Sony. I mean, well, actually, I can I can confirm. You that, could try. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Since that is fixed lens, it might be different, but I don't know. Does it change at all? No. I mean, it's still it, oh. it's still yeah, it's still oh dang like that. yeah. Fuji once uh when you turn it sideways, the whole interface will turn with it. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, a little bit forward thinking. No. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm biased because of <laughs> Fuji. 
don't know. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, like I said, like we are the bastions of our platforms. We are going to stick right. with what we what we got. Right. Well, so and that works into like we were talking about earlier with like switching systems and stuff. Like, and the reason that I returned the XT4 was I really hate buying things, and it always ends up unless unless it's something like I bought my first set of lighting gear recently um to make my videos look better and just my a-roll look better and it like it was super cheap it was like two hundred dollars altogether, and it was a uh, softbox and a light yeah a cheap light and that like drastically improved the look of my videos uh or at least the a-roll but um i don't want to spend more money on things when i know that i haven't even gotten close to the cap of what i can pull out of this camera exactly you know you remember like, the first piece of advice I gave you when we were at Android Authority uh, was know your machine. Yeah. You have to know yeah, your yeah. machine. Yeah. And like, this is a problem that so many people have that I see all the time and they're just, they're chasing specs and they think that like buying a camera that has crazy specs will make them good. And I was joking with um, Jackson Hayes because uh, he's a, I converted him to Fuji as well. I've converted a lot of people <laughs> on really Twitter, have. to be honest. You really I, have. It's like I was close. Now. I was this close when the close. when the XV100 was or the X100 or whatever that well, that one was. Yeah, X100V. Yeah, X100V yeah. came out. I was like, I kind of like this as a secondary yeah. camera. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we we chat a lot, and um, he sent me this video, or I sent him this video a few weeks ago that I saw. Someone made a, a YouTube video like turning the XT3 into a cinema rig, and they bought all of this stuff, all these attachments and like wheels and like shoulder rig and all this thing. Once they finished, it was like built out. And then he showed like <laughs> B-roll of it, of like the footage that he captured by shooting in log and then grading it. And I was like, this looks so bad. <laughs> like you should have just not put anything on it, use the built-in color profiles mm -hmm. and it would have looked better than this. <laughs> like. Yep. This is the problem is like people people just want to go buy new stuff and it makes you happy for like two days and then you realize that you actually have to get good at what you're doing. The hardware doesn't matter. Like I have a friend, uh, Casey Cavanaugh, GX Ace on YouTube. He's insanely good, crazy talented guy. Um, and he made a video of like using the Canon T3i for B-roll. Whoa. And... It's better than most of the stuff you'll see on YouTube. Wow. And it's with a stock lens. He just like knows how to, and he lit natural lighting in his kitchen. And it's just, if you know how to use your system, it the gear really does not matter. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. Anyway, uh, before we before we get into our break, and this is great to have David back on because before we knew it, thirty five minutes went by. Um, <laughs> the uh, so I can before rant we, forever. <laughs> before we get into our break, so we can go into our next topic. Uh, wasn't it Jackson who just like tweeted this morning that like people are going for that eight K ten bit footage? They're just going to put an orange and blue hue on it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, Jackson has been memeing the heck out of the R5, dude, because like <laughs> it's been like the conversation on Twitter for the last couple of days for all of us camera nerds. Yeah. And him and Patrick and I have all just been like talking like, yeah, cool, but we're not going to... Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even I don't even do much with my footage if anything. Like, you know, you have you have the yeah. you have the benefit of the color profiles on the Fujis, which I'm so envious of. But in my case yeah. it's like twenty percent contrast, 
five percent saturation yeah like, you know it's whatever <laughs> i don't i don't even grade my videos at all you don't have to those fuji profiles are so <laughs> yeah, good they're so good dude. Yeah, <laughs> all right good. so we're gonna go ahead and get into a couple of other topics after this break all right so we are going to talk about in particular um just Thoughts around OnePlus's guerrilla marketing tactics. And obviously, mm. there was like a huge leak on the OnePlus Nord. So we basically have a good look at it at this point. Um, but we're, we're, before we get into that for the last part of this episode, Unpacked is officially going to be a thing. Uh, well, we knew that, but now it's it's an online thing. And I yeah. just wanted to get a few thoughts from you about the invite, little bits and pieces. Um, everyone is Everyone keeps putting out that photo that basically gives us a look at the phone, but who knows if that's... It's probably real, but you know. It got pulled from their Russian website. <laughs> that was by my Max. ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the phone itself looks freaking awesome. Do you think? I, do you think so? Because that that camera bump is I love pretty huge. I love that design. I think it looks really good. Really? Okay. I, I f- and it has a prism camera, okay. which I'm super hype on. So, I love those optical zoom lenses. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I mean, we've only seen the back of the phone, right? But well, the rumors that I keep hearing, and first of all, <clears throat> just based on the invite, well, invite uh, itself, um, mm. which is funny. I feel like everyone will be able to live stream, unpacked, you know, and including us, obviously, because we're not going to be going there. But I got really mad. Just a quick, quick tangent. I got really mad at myself for missing WWDC because I was like, because I slept through it, and I was just like, you know what? That might have been the only WWDC I could ever actually attend. Nah. <laughs> and I missed it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the one of the only bits and pieces that we can see or glean from the invite for Unpacked is a color. And mm. it's that copper color, which... Bronze, the color, yeah. Yeah, like copper or bronze. Copper. I don't know what the actual terminology will be, but okay. I mean, I'm kind of into it. it it's, it's an interesting color choice. And you know what's funny is they did that with the Note 9. And it's it's very I actually just thought about this five minutes ago. Um, it's funny how quickly these like color trends go in and out, mm-hmm. right? Because the Note Nine actually made a bronze one, and that was the review unit that I had was a bronze Note Nine. Oh, yeah. Because I watched my Note Nine review earlier today because Patrick and I were talking about how much uh, I hate classic Chrome now, even though I used to love it. <laughs> um, anyway, but. That was like a big flagship feature for them at the time is that they were doing bronze as a cool color. And now it's like back as copper. But it, it's weird because the last two years or year and a half have been like super bright, colorful phones. Yeah. And I guess now we're moving back to this like minimalist Pantone yeah, like mon- situation. Not really mono. Mono is not the word, but like. Yeah, kind of mono. Kind of mono. I mean. Mono with like a gleam. Yeah, I guess a little bit. But like, yeah. I mean, we all love the Aura Glow, and then like we didn't Aura even we didn't even get that for the S um, twenties, which was yeah really sad. Got, I only I only got the Ultra, but it was it was just black. Yeah, mine, because they only made a white and a black skew. Mine was gray, and I was like, like oh. <laughs> you know how we always talk. All right, about, gray and a black skew. Yeah, right. You know how we always talk yeah. about how black phones are hard to film. Oh my god. Uh, and then, like, a white phone is cool, but it's a little bit boring. I love that for some of us, they gave us the gray one. They're like, yeah, here, right in the middle. I was just like, right in the middle, yeah. <laughs> Black phones are so hard to, and, like, the Xperia 1 too, I, uh, I scratched the back of it. Oh, no. And uh, I was having a really hard time 
filming it without like that showing in like the gleam of the light. And I was like, uh, no. but it's okay. Uh, when I did the iPhone SE and I dropped mine, I just, just, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> cracked screen just in view. Uh, <laughs> I remember yeah. uh, trying to, to, to film a segment where I was talking about wireless charging in the iPhone SE and I just filmed the bottom half of the phone because <laughs> the cracks were on the top. The Note 10 Plus I had for a day in Seattle. It showed up and I went out to uh, a pizza with Daniel and we were sitting on these like, bit, like bar stools, I guess, with like these metal tables and they were pretty high up. And I had the phone pretty into the table, but we're just in conversation. And like 30 seconds later, I just hear it like hit the concrete on the floor and I'm like, oh God. Ooh. And of course... This is the first note that has like more glass than other notes. And it's like, it's got glass almost all the way around with really thin rails on the side and right where they added more glass, it impacted and it just cracked the entire back. And it was the mm. freaking first day. I actually remember that. Uh, yeah. I was freaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? Yeah, that's nuts. I just got this. Well, I yeah. mean, the, the only other rumor that I remember uh, so far, at least, because we have the copper color. That's pretty much confirmed because of the invite. what about the beans okay so the beans okay i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get to that in a second um, okay. I'm, i keep seeing in some of these speculation articles that the s pen might be relocated hmm. like where Maybe to the top but what what's the why <laughs> what's the what possible <laughs> use could there be for it to be somewhere else on the phone you know what i mean like if it's down here and then it comes to the top. There's literally yeah, no difference in what you can the do. The only thing I can think of is circuit board for the 5G modem. Because it does take up more space because the 865 needs that separate one. I guess and so. And this, is, this has actually been an excuse that a few manufacturers have told me who ha have 865s but no headphone jack when they previously had a headphone jack was that it takes more space. And that was a... You know, when they first started removing the headphone jack and everyone was like, it takes so much space. That was an obvious lie. <laughs> but I can kind of understand now. And um, Sony did put the eight, put their headphone jack in the top of the phone, if that makes any difference. Yeah, so maybe, maybe that's know. why they moved it. I don't know. It's just so You have odd. to wait for the iFixit teardown to, to see where the or, circuit board is. Or Jerry Rig. Shouts out or to Jerry Rigs, everything. So yeah. Shouts out to Zach. Um, but yeah, like, and the only other S Pen rumor that I keep hearing is that it might be like a it might actually be a UI pointer. Like you could actually use it as a way of like wanding the, the phone. And I'm talking the interface, not just the camera mm. or anything, but you can literally like yeah. hands-free uh, the interface. Okay, so <laughs> Galaxy Buds or Galaxy Beans, right? Galaxy Beans, <laughs> yeah. Can I just, can I do just one just general comment? I hate the word bean. Like I hate that. <laughs> It's just such an unattractive word, and I we just keep seeing it all the time for all of this. Like, okay, mm. would it actually mean a better ergonomic experience? Because it, it'll look like a hearing aid, though. Like, yeah, they do look like hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the leaked photos of like the the product photos of people wearing them? No, I haven't seen that. They look like hair. Like it looks like people are just walking around with hair. See, I'm not gonna like that because if I'm wearing it and someone comes up to me, they're just gonna start yelling at me. And <laughs> yeah, it, it looks pretty ridiculous. But oh, if the drivers goodness. are significantly bigger because they are longer, then 
maybe and i mean i'm i'm up for trying a new form factor oh, sure. at least same i just hate People the word airpods look stupid at first and then they got over it so yeah i just hope that can you can you imagine though if on august what when is it, august 5th um, august 5th yeah. when on august 5th they're all like and one more thing and it's and then they go like this and it literally Beans. says <laughs> I wish they were actually called that. <laughs> you know what? If they if they pull the trigger and actually like 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 not taking themselves too seriously, somehow call it that on stage, I will buy a pair. Like even if I get yeah. a review unit, I will still buy a pair because right. that would make Only me laugh. That. Yeah, that would make me laugh. <laughs> All right, so uh, those are the speculations. We got our invites. Speaking of invites, um, I did just finally get my uh, Nord invite for the AR mm. launch, and. I thought that they're giving they're they're trying to give away uh cardboards for like for actually doing it, right? Like Oh the Uh no, I don't think so. Oh, really? Cuz the it's an AR thing, not a VR thing. I know, but I thought so I saw point... the word cardboard somewhere that they were or maybe they the cardboard just... is what you're holding. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you get the app and then you look at it and then it like grows It'll out become of whatever. A thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I want to know from you actually like is there hype? Like how are you guys feeling? Um on the Android Authority side, yeah. Um, so, I have always really liked OnePlus phones a lot, and the first one I actually ever reviewed was when you and I reviewed the five together. Mm-hmm. Remember when we did that cross review where I I wrote it and you, or yeah, I wrote it and you did the video. Yes, I think I think, I think that was think. the case. Yeah, um, the five. I think the I five really... was the one I filmed in New York actually. And oh. I think I filmed half of that video on the High Line, which is oh. pretty dope. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh yeah, we did like a we did like a a shared written review where you wrote like half and then I wrote half, and it was like a Josh's thoughts, David's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like that was cool. I remember that. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've always really liked their phones, and I've actually reviewed like every OnePlus phone since the five, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but, Speaking of a throwback, I think it was after that review that Lon started doing the videos for every OnePlus device, and I kept missing out. <laughs> mm. I didn't touch a OnePlus device until like basically until after I left. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's crazy! Because didn't you like do the OnePlus One? Yeah, that was the thing. And you know what? Okay, this will be the segue. I, no, I know, I know this. I know this story. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna Go be the segue it. coming up because yeah. I had you watch because they have the um, so OnePlus is doing their whole guerrilla marketing tactics, which I actually really enjoy. Um, they're really good at it. Yeah, their their Instagram account OnePlus.Nord, I think is what it is on Instagram, where they're it's like OnePlus Nord Z thing. Yeah, like Z I think is what thing, whatever it is. Um, they are releasing like a docu-series and we're on part two right now, which I had David watch. And last week, uh, TK and I were, were reacting to part one. And um, so after part two, the one thing I kept thinking was like, if you want to talk about the history of OnePlus, I was the only <laughs> American journalist <laughs> yeah. in China yeah. when the OnePlus one was announced. Like, how do yeah. you not include me? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I kept wondering like, because they did, they kept doing a bunch of shots from product launches and I kept wondering if we were going to see ourselves yeah. in, uh, in some of their... But no, their phone, but, but the um, thing is, the, the OnePlus Nord, uh, so far, like, I know it's not... We know it's not coming to the U.S. They have made it very clear that so far it's not. I still think it will eventually, but they're clearly focusing on India for this docuseries. Yeah, which um, I think kind of makes sense, particularly because, like, 
they were always going to go the way of making their phones expensive, mm -hmm. right? That's been their thought process since the beginning. I think that maybe they didn't foresee people replacing their phones less often and also the market in India to just explode over the last like four or five years. Mm -hmm. Like it's the, the amount of choice you have in India is crazy and everything is cheap. And OnePlus making the eight and eight pro like almost regular flagship pricing um, pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, you and I were talking before this about, and I asked, like, why did they, why did they make this in six months? Like, did they have a reasoning for it? And I'm wondering if it had to do with um, them getting like really early bad reception about the pricing of the new devices, which I find so interesting because, like, I think by and large we all enjoyed what the eight brought to the table, while knowing that the price was just an inevitability. Um, yeah, we're, we're obviously disappointed, um, but at the same time, it's like, well, look at it, though. It's still a 2019 phone or 2020 phone, yeah. 2019, 2020. I think yeah. that OnePlus and there are some obvious allusions in the first New Beginnings video to like, I OK, taking my opinion out of it, I just find it interesting that they keep making parallels between Carl Pei and Steve Jobs. There's... Yeah, when they showed the Steve Jobs bobblehead, I was like, oh, no, not this again. Yeah, so they... Like, Min Liang Tan does that to you all the time. And yeah. I'm just like, what? So, I, I, uh, I, when I kept seeing that, I kept thinking to myself, like, like it just it's a weird parallel. I know that this is stretching, but I feel like OnePlus, like many companies, had some sort of, like, market foresight. And they were able to know that 2020 would be the year of the iPhone SE. Now, yeah. it, that's the reason why six months ago, per se... Um, they were like, yeah. okay, yeah, like, is there real? I don't know. <laughs> Six months ago, yeah. per se, they were like, okay, we got to make a phone that is made for what twenty twenty is going to bring, because uh, some people were saying that like, oh, maybe they're making this phone because they know the pandemic hit and people don't have as much money. No, no this all happened like before. They said in the documentary, the pandemic hit like while they were making the documentary. Exactly. So I, I honestly think, like you were saying, they just kind of understood the market landscape of phones getting outrageously expensive, like the Note. 10 plus started at like 12.99 last year yep. or something and like it's getting <laughs> stupid the xperia one too is a 1200 dollars. is 1200 <laughs> yeah i know yeah even the s20 series like no one really talked about this but like the s20 regular starts at 1000 yeah. now whereas last year it was the plus that started at 1000 yeah they shifted everything by like 200 bucks and no one really talked about that and that's like I feel like it's hard because in the U.S. they can kind of get away with it mm -hmm. because nobody buys phones outright in the U.S. Everyone buys carrier plans and it's just like the difference between like $32 a month and like $40 a month. Yeah. And nobody pays attention. And But it's it's getting outrageous. And I, I, I think there's been, ever since the iPhone X10 was announced at 1000 bucks, and everyone freaked out, uh, I think there has kind of been this growing, like even regular people are noticing that phones cost a, a crap load now. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that one, OnePlus is one of the smartest, mar as far as marketing goes, I feel like they have like the right people there. Yeah, um, I think so too. They've done this forever. Like they used to, you know, they would release a phone in like, with like one or two kind of one cool color and then some basic colors. And then almost every month, like clockwork, they would release a red version. And then 
a gold version and it would be like a special edition limited edition and they would keep themselves in the news constantly mm -hmm. like and with the nord they've done the exact same thing but like to the nth degree it's been like almost every single day there's been something new and then and this is a little like industry baseball but if you look around to the different websites too uh, there's like exclusive interviews with Carl Pei or like, you know, Pete Lau almost every day from different publications. So they're sending their people on the press track. They're trying to like just keep themselves in the news as much as possible. And, and that's the interesting thing is like Samsung made the Galaxy A51. That's a mid-range phone. Nobody cared at all. Yeah. But if, if, if OnePlus had just not said anything and then released this, it it would have done better than the A51, obviously, because they have that like hardcore fan base. But people wouldn't have considered it like it would not have gotten nearly as much hype as they have created. This is this is manufactured hype, mm -hmm. and it and they they like you said guerrilla marketing, making a, a Instagram page called One Plus Z Nord Z thing. <laughs> yeah, as like it's so in, everything's informal. Even the documentary is informal. Yeah, it's like just walking around and trying to make it feel like very. Carl Pay. Carl Pay is even saying constantly on Twitter that like they're releasing this phone in memes, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> so interesting dude, that it's that's 2020. It's the meme meme economy is where it's at, dude. Indeed. Like, so as far as, as meme is the currency. I, I think my camera is about to die, but I'll just let it die while we're talking. Oh. the um the the I'll just because I can I can just swap the battery, but the um. As far as the specs are concerned, like we don't have like hardline specs, but there are a few things that via social media and interactions with other accounts, uh, they've been able to confirm. Like, for example, I think they said most recently AMOLED screen, multiple cameras, and the Snapdragon 765G in particular. There it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love that it shows up so plainly battery empty. <laughs> battery empty, yeah. So it's an easy fix. But yeah, I mean, a phone that is supposed to be sub $500, that's like what they are touting as the price of the Nord. Um, that's crazy. I think for the final portion of this episode, I just wanted some speculation as to why that price would be so important if they're not going to be bringing the phone out in more than just a few markets. Because here that would be gangbusters, but why isn't it coming out here? You know, they have the people here that are like super into OnePlus. And that's obvious from like, you know, whenever they do the T-Mobile flagship store launch in New York, they always have like around the corner. But I think by and large, the United States just has not gotten there yet with them mm -hmm. to the point where they have enough fans to like go nuts on it. Um, and launching OnePlus phones at T-Mobile was like a huge thing for them. I think they sold twice as many 7Ts as they sold as they sold 7 Pros or something. Yeah. Um, which the right choice 70 was a better yeah. phone and and i i would love to see actually verizon always makes the wrong moves and verizon yeah they, they always make the wrong moves but you know verizon only selling the oneplus 8 and not the pro oh yeah is weird because i don't think the oneplus 8 should exist it's like especially now it's a seven yeah it's a 7t with a bet with a newer processor and 5g and that's all it is mm -hmm. and it has like the color or yeah i don't know and it has a separate wide angle camera whereas the regular 7t was able to do a wide angle and a macro by adding a motor yep. and then now they added a separate macro and a wide angle and it makes no sense anyway uh i would like to see the sales numbers at verizon probably 
it's probably not high because because T-Mobile and and OnePlus are very similar companies in the in the way that they do marketing. Like T-Mobile's always been the like, you know, we're part of the T-Mobile fam. Like John Legier, however you pronounce his last name, is he was always the like super front and center CEO who's doing silly things and being like, you know, bashing on other companies all the time, being like, T-Mobile doesn't do this bullshit that like <laughs> the AT&T and Verizon do. We're, we're, we're working for you, blah, blah, blah. And like OnePlus kind of does the exact same thing. And so that was like, that cooperation was like a match made in heaven yeah, in my for opinion. Sure. Uh, I, I don't think Verizon is going to sell any OnePlus 8s. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like because of that, they just haven't gotten the brand cachet in the United States yet. And yeah. maybe if they are, if it, if it actually did only take them six months to make this, um, you know, it, it make it takes a lot of money to make a lot of phones. Yeah, and that's true. I do think yeah. uh, I do have, I have a thought as far as why India is such a, such a focus for a phone mm. that's supposed to be, let's just say 499 because we always say sub 500, but let's just say 499. Yeah. Um, okay. So for a phone that's 499, it's main competition in India <laughs> would be all the other Chinese brands that put out even higher specifications potentially for lower prices, which is an interesting yeah. prospect because it only really happens there and in Asia. You have Realme, yeah. you have, what is it, is it Realme, Poco, um, what's Redmi. Uh, Redmi, thank you. And uh, Xiaomi, obviously, like if they have their flagship phones that are lower priced. So it's like, so yeah. I remember talking to Isa about this because she reviews all of those phones. And she's yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. the point then? And I said, you know what? This, here's what I think. They're, they don't care about those phones because like, sure. It's not the brand they want. It's not the brand they want. Um, their target or rather their real competition in India is the iPhone SE. Because mm-hmm. for the first time ever, let's say just the Indian market is able to have an iPhone for the price that they have been wanting rather than the thousand plus that an iPhone 11 might be. Um, yeah. Here's the problem though. Here in the US or in the West, 399 Fantastic price. In India, it's way more expensive, right? Somehow, right? Yeah, I, I got a ton of comments on my iPhone SE review about that. They were like, what are you talking about? It's affordable. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I didn't even know. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Apparently, it's like much more expensive. It's like more expensive than the OnePlus 8 there or something. Yeah. So if OnePlus is able to make a phone that has specifications that people want for under the price of the iPhone SE, that eliminates yeah. the iPhone <laughs> yeah. in contention, which is which to me is a is a gnarly way of looking at it. And that's the mm. reason why I kept seeing the whole Steve Jobs parallel. I was like, huh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's a reason why, like you and I, we're, we're not filmmakers per se, but like we understand filmmaking. You don't show something unless you really want it to like mean something. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I kept Yeah, thinking. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always hate that parallel, dude, to be honest. Because <laughs> literally everyone on the planet wants to be Steve Jobs. So, like, <laughs> can't use those words here, but um, <laughs> well, go away. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. I've worn a turtleneck. I never felt, I never felt more powerful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Or rather, no, I said that wrong. I did not feel more powerful. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. I was like, it's just a turtleneck. I, I don't really. I never felt more powerful. <laughs> That's not what I meant. When I wore my turtleneck, <laughs> I meant it did not make me feel more powerful. That's what I meant. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I think like all over the world, you got brand loyalty, obviously, and I think that people actually don't even highlight the amount of brand loyalty that is in the United States, particularly because I think the United States has more subtle uh, 
people don't realize their brand loyalty in the United States. Mm. Like they're not walking around going like, oh, Samsung's the best. I always, I love Samsung. Why don't you own a Samsung? Like no one does that here, but they're all locked into ecosystems in the US. Like if people have iPhones, it's the walled garden of Apple and you will not escape. Yep. And nobody, almost no one I know has left an iPhone for an Android phone, right? Uh, for, for Android users in the US, if you're not a nerd or whatever, uh, they they could really care less mm-hmm. what phone they have, but they will always buy the next version of whatever they already have because it's familiar. It's not like a like a, a in-your-face brand loyalty. It's more of like a subconscious brand loyalty. Yeah. But but that's because it's convenience. In like India and China, in those markets, the brand loyalty is like intense, right? Like Xiaomi is only the company that it is now because when they were first starting to make fun, like they started making MIUI before they started making hardware, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so they, and they were started by like a ragtag group of guys and the whole kind of like ethos in China, like the, the thought process in China is, is very different, right? Like in the US we've got, we're making, we've got companies and they're growing and getting bigger. In China, if you've got a small company that's getting bigger, people in China are like, oh, I want to support them because I want China to be great. In the US, I'm like, everyone's just like, I want I want to be rich. I want to yeah. be great. How but does it more make of me like look? A, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there's much more of like a crowd like for the betterment of all mentality in both India and China. Mm-hmm. And so people are a lot more loyal to those brands that they like really like yeah. because they feel like it makes them as a country better there's a little Uh, bit of both when it comes to the india side because like there's there's enough of the not really herd mentality but just the idea that oh yeah i do want to put my name behind this brand because i know people who do and i want to be a part of that group but at the same time there's a there's also the western mentality of how does it make me look so it's so there is that and that's the reason why i feel like indian users i remember when jaime and myself we went on that india trip we talked to we talked to so many people during that meetup and it was always about the specs. Like, mm, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. just about the brand. It was like, why would I get that phone? It only has six uh, gigabytes of RAM. Versus eight or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. It's cr- It's so weird to me, man. Like, it, it's so weird because they, they focus on specs so much. Mm-hmm. And you can even, like, sometimes I'm doing research for, like, an article I'm writing and I'm looking up specs of some phone or whatever. There are, like, dedicated blogs that, like, individual people will have where they just like list out the specs of every phone that comes out. And it's it's crazy. I'm like, I don't know. It's I guess like, guys, the mentality is some marinas there. right there. I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> yeah. It it is weird. Um personally, I think you can remove specs from the equation almost all the time in 2020 at least. More yes, more like, so than ever, yeah. Like we spend so much less time on performance than we used to in reviews because even on my in the written review that I do, I'll put benchmarks, and then I'll be like, uh, "The experience was pretty much flawless. I didn't notice any hiccuping or stuttering, yeah. unless there is something that sticks out. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the velvet. Uh, I think it's LG's UI in particular that is like old and bloated and slow, yeah. and it for me it made it like have stuttering and some issues, and so I had to point that out. But like almost every phone with a semi new processor isn't going to like have issues, mm-hmm. right? Like, so 
why would you care about the specs really as long as it has like you know as long as the longevity is there longevity is there if you've got like at least six gigabytes of ram at least 128 gigabytes of storage i feel like that's a baseline right now and that's like fine yeah you know indeed and most of the other aspects are the important aspects of like what makes this phone unique because like there's so many phones that are made they make so many phones like especially in india realme and redmi and oppo they pump out like i don't remember this what the spec was but it was like realme had pumped out like three phones per month yeah for all of I th- 2020 i think isa's on her third realme in a month oh yeah. my god it's really it's, it's gnarly and they're all in different price tiers like, but they all get the same amount of play it just feels like a tidal wave of uh, of options yeah. like it's too much like and uh, motorola even does this now and they they target south america they're like one of the only brands that target south america which is kind of funny but um they have so many moto g's now like <laughs> moto g force moto g yeah, no, camera, i know i love moto that they g. just threw the naming out there they're just like which what's the one feature of this phone that's yeah. the name <laughs> so let's make one feature uh, and moto g fast is actually a slower phone than the moto g than the one they released alongside it was it the, which was like uh, yeah force or something mm-hmm. i don't know it's just so funny how they know. do that but just hilarious. I think the just throw a name. I think, and we don't even have to get into detail with this next thought. It's just it's a thought that I want us to keep in mind for future podcasts and for future mm. pieces. Is that the only phone that we have had so far that actually shows us what the 765G is capable of is the Velvet so far. Yeah, and <laughs> which is really unfortunate because that has UI issues that slows it down like crazy. Exactly, but it's the Velvet that actually taught me to stop looking at the 765G as a cost-efficient processor. We all need to stop thinking that way because when phones come out that are not below $400 and have the 765G, any comment that goes, but it should be cheaper, you are gonna you gotta wave your finger at them and go, no. 765G yeah. is actually a really good processor. It actually did a good job. And look how much almost all 865 phones cost. Even the Mi 10 Pro was at that was over a thousand bucks. Exactly. So 765 Xiaomi making a over a thousand dollar phone is ridiculous. Yeah, unheard of, right? So a 765G yeah. processor is just allowing for a lot of the same experiences, including things like 5G. Remember that mm-hmm. 5G is in the equation. So yeah. like that's part of the rise in price when it comes to that that processor. But to look at it as just a mid range processor and write it off, like no, it's not like a, it's not like an Nvidia 1650 versus a 2080. It's not. Uh, yeah. So that that's the one thing that I want to keep in mind. It's like based on the 855, right? Something like and that. Yeah. It, it was either the 855 or 845. I think it was eight. It's like based on the 855 and like slightly underclocked mm-hmm. with a 5G modem. Yeah. And it's like the performance should be really good because. 855 phones were really good. Yeah. No one complained so, last year, so why are you complaining this year? <laughs> yeah. You know? It's weird that we haven't had any more 765G phones yet. Yeah. Like the Pixel 5 is supposed to use it, and then I think the 4A is supposed to use like a 765 non-G. And, and that's what I'm saying is that we're going to end up having to temper our audience's expectations when those phones finally come out like oh why would i get the pixel 5 it's got the 765g and and we will all raise our hands in in disbelief and go and that's good enough like it's fine yeah (laughs) well you know what's crazy is like you can make the parallel of uh like the top one percent versus the middle class um and now it's like there's these flagship flagship phones but they're all too expensive for most people for almost everybody like 
a $1,200 to $1,400 phone is out of reach of probably like 75% of people, 80% of people. Yeah. And even with subsidies. Yeah. And then we're going to see this growing middle class of phones that <laughs> is 765, 765Gs, where we were used to being able to buy flagships at that price. And so, but that's going to be the new normal. And that's going to be the mid range, even though that used to be the flagship. And so it's, yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, we'll be, we'll be. I hope people start like using these things and catching on to the fact that like, they're not really missing anything mm-hmm. by having a slightly slower processor. I, I'm just afraid know? that other features are going to go by that way as well. Like I still, yeah. I still want 4k across every lens. I still want, um, I still want like good storage options. I still want fast yeah. charging, you know? And, um, like those are the things yeah. that I'm a little bit worried about. All right. So that is a big thing that I think a lot of people don't think about. Sorry to, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. a lot of people don't, they, when they think about the processor on their phone, they don't, they only think about speed. And they don't actually think about like all the very specific features that that processor brings. Like the A65 brought um, a th- two ISPs or three, either two or three up from one, mm-hmm. which allows it to record on multiple cameras at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big thing because remember when the iPhone uh, 11 or something came out and they made a big deal over you being able to record off like all three lenses at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's only possible with multiple ISPs, and that was something that they specifically put in the A65 that they can't do with the 765G because the A65 has, uh, it could do two gigapixels per second, whereas like the other ones can't. Yeah. Or there's, yeah, there's a lot of feet, or like the quick charging, like you said, like those are things that you can put in a processor that people don't think about, they just think about speed. Yeah. So it's I'm hoping that there doesn't become, yeah, I hope, I'm just hoping that there doesn't become like too big of a features divide uh, when the mid range starts becoming exactly. more. That's that, that's the common. one thing that I, cause you know what? Quality of life is important. And just because you're saving money doesn't mean that you want your life to be that much more inconvenient. Like how much, yeah. how much does $400 get you in terms of convenience? Like, I don't want that to be the question. <laughs> right. Uh, but right. All right, cool. Well, we we went for a while there, and uh, uh, David and I always have great conversations on the weekly. It's great to have you back, buddy. Um, okay, so anything that you want to plug? Not going anywhere before? Uh... Um, read and watch my Xperia One Two review. Uh, I also did a Snapdragon Eight Sixty Five Plus, which is kind of ironic considering what we were just talking about. <laughs> uh, video on Wednesday, so I put out two videos this week. Um, not a lot going on other than that. Okay. Just uh, just hang out on my Twitter account. That's my most common used social media. Are you still doing your um, your 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 darkroom lives? Uh, I start. I stopped doing the lives because people would like show up for like five seconds and then bail. Oh, wow. Which I understand. Yeah. I totally understand. It's really just like a hangout with me, and maybe I'll start doing it again because, like, honestly, why not? You know what I got to say? <laughs> um, why don't you try like a Twitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah something like that maybe yeah, yeah it's fun uh yeah speaking of that instagram also follow me on instagram you know what's funny is i i haven't advertised my instagram at all on like any anything any podcast any website and i, I still get lots of followers every day which is very strange um and i'm wondering like if i were to post my instagram on my twitter would i actually get a lot of followers <laughs> i don't know i don't know there, there used anyway. to be speculation that if you put a link to another social platform, the algorithm pushes you down. 
Oh. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. So I, I have no idea if that's true, but I remember we speculated once. In any case, uh, all of the links for David are going to be in the show notes, and you will hear the rest of our links for myself and Pocketnow in the outro starting now. As always, thank you very much for listening to the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast. As I said before, all of the links to the different social media platforms and websites for myself, David, and Pocketnow are in the show notes. You can follow Pocketnow on Instagram and Twitter at Pocketnow, and also subscribe to the YouTube channel if somehow you haven't already, youtube.com slash Pocketnow, because videos come out pretty much every single day. From there, you can follow me, your host, if you want, over on Instagram and Twitter. I am at JVTechT, because you know me, I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. You can also follow my YouTube channel where I have supplementary coverage and my own takes on the different reviews we do for all of these products over at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara. With all of that said, we're going to call it on this one. Thank you so much for listening and for following Pocket Now across all of these different platforms, and we will see you in our next episode.